Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. Jesus, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this word, this power. And Lord, we pray, God, today you would minister to people, God, who need to hear from you today. Lord, that you would transform lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's read. It says this in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse number one. It says this, after the Lord had appointed 72 others, he sent them out two by two. He sent them out ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Then it says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Then it says, go. Somebody say, go. I think that's the... Two most dangerous letters in the world, G-O, go. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. <laughs> that stinks, okay. <laughs> in the verse 17, 10, 17, it says, the 72 returned to Jesus. They get, went and did this, and he gives them all these instructions. Don't take with you a purse. Leave your man purse at home. The 72 returned with joy, and they said, Lord, I can't believe it. Even the demons submitted to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice in spirits that submit to you. Don't look for the devil in every bush. Don't be excited about the fact that the devil runs when you show up. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Don't get all caught up in the fact that you have power and authority because the power and authority, the greatest thing, look, don't freak out when you turn on the lights and darkness leaves. That's normal, man. Rejoice that your name is written in my book of life, and on one day I'm going to invite you in. Look, Jesus is looking for some warriors. It's proof, man. He sent them out two by two, not alone, two by two to go take over in cities. He said, look, I'm going to show up there later, and when you get there, man, if they don't have you, shake the dust off your shoulders, go to the next place, and I want you to see the sick healed, the dead raised. Look, you're going to see demons leave, and when they do it, it happens. And the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Luke 19, 13, I love it what it says here, and he called 10 servants, and he delivered unto them 10 pounds, and he said to them, Occupy till I come. Occupy. Take over. Don't just survive. Don't just live. Don't just strive to be alive. Don't just fight for your next meal. Take over. I love when Joshua is staring at the walls of Jericho and, 
An angel shows up to him, a warring angel. In fact, Joshua whips out his sword and Joshua says to the angel, he says, who are you? Are you for us or against us? I love Joshua, man, because he's crazy. Who tells an angel that, right? I mean, some angels in the Bible took out 300 men at once, you know. Are you for us or against us? That's, that's the kind of crazy, radical faith that, that real men and women of God have. You know, David looking at a giant all the armies saying, look, who are you, man? Look who's backing me up. The armies of the living God. Today I'm going to deliver your head to him. Are you for us or against us? And the angel said this. He said, I'm neither. I'm here to take over. Are you with me? Jesus wants us to take over, man. Not in a dominating, controlling way, but this world, the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the people outside this room. Can I tell you this? They are not gonna find Jesus from our flyers, from our Google ads. They're not gonna find Jesus because we wear a cool Christian t-shirt. In fact, they may run from him after that, right? <laughs> They're gonna find Jesus because someone with the light shows up in a dark place and is not afraid of darkness anymore. Someone is bold enough to take this faith and actually live it out there in the real world, in the jacked place. That's you and I. The harvest is ripe. They're waiting for Jesus to show up. I wonder if he'll show up in you and I this week. We're not here to survive. We're not here to make it. We're here to take over with the love of Jesus. We're here to just conquer hate and conquer fear and conquer anger. Not by us, but greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I want you to occupy. I want you to dominate. I want you to conquer troops. I want you to keep the devil caged up with his word. I love this in Colossians. It says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them with the cross. Now, I want you to hold that verse uh, with you, okay? So Jesus, has anybody ever heard that verse? Jesus made a public spectacle of the powers of darkness. He made a public spectacle of fear. He made a public spectacle of anger. He made a public spectacle of lust. He made a public spectacle of guilt and shame and condemnation. And he triumphed over them. And he, he stripped them of all their power and authority. Okay? You ever had fear have power and authority in your life? Yeah, that's why our church is called Fearless, because fear haunted me for most of my life. Had a lot of power over me. It ruled my decisions. You ever been haunted by the power and authority that lust has or anger has or unforgiveness has in your life? Jesus on the cross defeated it, guys. It's over. It has no power and no authority anymore. He defeated it on the cross. And when he rose on the third day, it had no power and authority. He even defeated death Jesus already won the victory. He defeated the enemy, man. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be overcome with when the devil says, man, you're this, this, or you're a loser, or you're an idiot. You're like, what? He saw you fall like lightning. And in fact, he made a public display of how stupid you are on the cross. You nailed him to the cross. You did it. But it was all part of his plan. 
and he stripped you of all your power and authority. What Adam gave Satan in the garden was his authority over the earth. See, what Adam lost in the garden was not just the presence of God. It was his authority that God had given him. God, you remember, we read through it. You know, you have authority. He named all the animals. Do you, you realize that? Adam named all the animals. I mean, he, he started out with like crazy ones like hippopotamus. Then he got just really bored and said, we'll just call that one fly. You know, God had to step in a couple times, just worried. What was he going to name the next one? So Adam named all the animals. He had rulership and ownership. He controlled the land. He did all these things. But when Adam stepped outside of the will of God, he handed over his authority on this earth to the enemy. That was what the enemy was trying to get the whole time, is his authority. And since that day, until when Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago and took the authority back, that's what Jesus, if one man, with one man, sin entered the world and authority was robbed and power was robbed through one man, the blood of a slain lamb, the same authority that was taken was taken back by Jesus. And that's why it's powerful when he lives in me. I'm the body. He's the head. I have his authority in the earth because I'm a part of him. I have authority. That's why Jesus never, never asked God or himself to calm the waves. He looked at the storm and said, storm, be still. Why? Because he had authority on this earth. He was operating in his father's authority, and now he gives you that authority. Next time you talk to sickness, don't say, hey, God, please heal this person. Say, sickness in the name of Jesus. By the authority invested in the head, I ask you to leave now. Right? That's the power we have. You are warriors. The harvest is ripe, but God, the God of the harvest, is looking for people who believe his word for what it says. Okay, good. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You see that? I don't want you just to be strong. Go be strong, man. Go try to fight this thing called life. No, no. There's a way to be strong, and there's a way not to be strong. We're not talking about earthly strong. We're talking about spiritually strong. And the only way for you to make it in this thing called life, the only way for you to truly walk out this calling of being a warrior is to be strong in the Lord. It's different. When Jesus showed up and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clothe you with power. You remember that? I'm going to clothe you with power. Wait in the city till you've been clothed with power. That word to clothe does not mean to pick up and put on clothing. It's in duo is the original word. And have to go back to the original language so we could just mean, oh, I'm just going to put on power. He's going to clothe me with power. I wake up and boom, I put on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to slay, uh, you know, spiritual giants. I'm going to help people out of fear and anger and lust. I'm going to get out of myself. No, no, God said to, to, it's not to put on clothing. That word in duo means to sink into clothing. It's different. It's more like a picture of an animal who is feeble and can't really run very fast, but he's smart. And he makes his home in the cleft of a rock where other animals, his enemies, can't get to. And he contorts his body because he realizes if he doesn't, he's not going to make it. And he allows his handicaps to help him. And he finds himself his new home in the cleft of a rock. And now his enemy is no longer subject to him. 
He's subject to who he's hiding in. Be strong in the Lord. So now when the enemy comes knocking at your door, or you face someone that's crazy, that needs Jesus, someone that doesn't know him, man, someone that's hard to deal with, someone that's difficult. Have you ever met any difficult people? They are not going to hear what you have to say at all. Here's how you say something to them. I'm going to talk to you from in here. I've had conversations with people, man. I could, I could feel like I could cut the tension in the room with a knife, but I was hiding. <laughs> See, Peter's power wasn't that he stopped hiding. He never stopped hiding. He just stopped hiding in fear and started hiding in the Holy Spirit. See, Adam, from the beginning, that's why God, God didn't get mad at him for hiding. He just said, why are you hiding in my creation instead of in me? When you hide in my creation, you feel guilt, shame, condemnation because the creation can't save you and protect you from what's coming against you. But if you hide in me, if you be strong in the Lord. Okay, good. So finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. You tried everything else. Now get into my presence. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God. How much of the armor of God do you need to put on? All of it. Right? I got the helmet. It's like a mohawk. You forgot the rest, man. You're going to die. Put on all of it, man. How many Christians today and how many times in our lives have we been sitting with pieces of the armor on? Yet we just thought, oh, one day I'll get the rest on. But I'll go to work in a crazy world and not have it all on. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand. Not so you can be like this mighty conqueror on your horse and like you've just like you're, you're running into battle. No, put this on and if you do that, you're going to be able to stand. Sometimes it's victory just to say, I'm still standing. Yeah, sometimes it's powerful to just say, yeah, the world's throwing a lot of blows at me and I've fallen down a lot. But I'm not staying down and I'm still standing and I'm standing firm with his armor on me. And it's the only way I'm still here, man. I, I haven't got everything figured out. In fact, I may not even win this race, but I am still here, man. You ought to praise God right now for the fact that you are sitting in this room. Somehow you're here in church tonight in a club and you're still here. Some of y'all let the devil know you didn't get me. You don't have me. I'm still here, and you better watch out. And you're going to stand against the wiles. Somebody say wiles of the devil. The wiles. The word wiles is, is, is really, if you looked up the original language, it would mean the plan, the schemes, the trickery, the, the sleight of hand, the, the wiles, the lies of the devil. If you have all this on, you will be able to stand against the plan that the devil has to destroy your life. Did you know that just as God has a plan for us, so does the devil? Have you ever experienced his plan speaking to you as loud as this book does? <laughs> You're just an idiot. You're a loser. You shouldn't do what you do. You should probably quit now. No one really cares. You're full of fear, and you always will be. Have you ever heard his plan preached to you? Most of us find ourselves amening him is the problem. Because we don't realize that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. 
but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. Somebody circle age. I'm going to get to that at the end, hopefully. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Having done all to stand. Then he says it again. Stand Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace, above all else, take up the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all, not some, but all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Somebody got your word with you, got your swords with you. Pray always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all this perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may openly, this is Paul speaking, that I may openly my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Somebody say in chains. Not two chains, but in chains. That in it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Another version says that I may speak fearlessly. Paul, when he writes this, is in prison, yo. Chained to two giant guards. He's not up in his room writing his nice little sermon. He, he, he is in prison being beat for preaching the gospel. Thank God. He caught that this battle is not against flesh and blood. That although he was chained up, his spirit could not be bound. Yeah, because God had already set it free. You see, when I was writing this, I started struggling with all these thoughts. Because today in the church, there are two different sides to this stuff called spiritual warfare. And actually, up until last night, I hadn't fully caught it myself. I was sitting there going, this is kind of, you know, I went to a, a, um, a, a restaurant and I was studying and I had my book that I was reading from and it's called Dress to Kill, right? So I'm walking in with this book. I didn't even think twice about it. I had that in my Bible. And this guy kind of comes up to me. He looks a little scared of me and he goes, hey, um, what's your book about? <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, uh, oh, this is uh, Dress to Kill. <laughs> and, and he looks at me like, are you a kamikaze? What's going, what's going on? Are you going to kill us all or what? You got bombs on you? And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this is like kind of crazy to this guy. Like dressed to kill. Like I want to kill people. And now I'm going to try to tell him about the love of Jesus and I'm trying to kill people. And I go, so I just, I said the next thing that came around and said, you know, it's a book about the armor of God. And he looked at me. Cool, man. And he just walked away. <laughs> and it hit me how... This is like almost strange to maybe even people in the church and also maybe people in the world would kind of go, wait, I thought you guys were all about love and peace and joy and happiness. But this soul, like, what's all this war stuff? I mean, this is like a cult or a, a militia or like, what is dressed to kill? And what is all this armor? Why do we need armor? I thought, Jesus, you just read, Jesus just made a public display of the enemy and he defeated death and it's already won. So if he already won, why are we fighting? You ever thought about that? I was sitting there the other day going, wait, <laughs> Jesus won. Why am I... Right? You ever thought about that? But, but then Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. 
talks about wrestling and oh, the, the, the struggle of faith. And I mean, if you really could understand the language that Paul's using, he's not talking about like a nice little wrestling match. Back in their day, they didn't wrestle like Hulkmania wrestle. Like it wasn't like that kind of wrestling. It was like there was two guys that entered the arena and one guy died at the end. They, 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 when, they, when he's talking about boxing, I, I don't, I'm not like a man beating the air. I am fighting, man, in this. He's talking about their kind of boxing, not our like, oh, this guy's the hero and he's gonna box 10 more rounds. No, they would put glass and bones. They would tape it to their hands and arms and only one person made it out of the arena alive. This is Paul. And then we got someone else saying, Jesus finished it all. And then we got Paul going, you gotta fight. And I was sitting in my room trying to study and going, I went to like 10 different places to just try to get my mind to, to catch the Holy Spirit to download to me. Sometimes I have to go to the beach or in the shower or where, wherever, and, and all of a sudden I'll hit me, and I kept going, man. And all the way till this morning, I hadn't fully grasped this myself. Like where is, some churches they will preach like, it's happy camp, man. We're gonna have we're gonna have kumbaya, and we just we, we're not gonna talk about all this war stuff. What what you I mean? Why are you naming your? Uh, I used to get in trouble with our youth group because we called it uh, my my tagline at the end of my thing still is was infiltrate, destroy, rebuild. People looked at me like, what is all this? Like, you gonna kill people? What I mean? What is, I thought? What happened to love? And 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 like you know we were all in, in our first CD with worth dying for had bullets on the front. Two machine guns, like, strapped back together. As we believed, worship was a weapon, you know? But the, but the record company goes, we can't, we can't. A lot of churches aren't going to dig that, man. That's what we need, like, doves on it, right? So there's, like, this two lines, you know what I'm saying? There's, like, the, like, we're all having a happy camp. And then there's this other camp over here that's, like, it's time to take the devil's head off. And they're, like, you know, you ever met someone like that, right? I saw the devil in that bush, Shandabah. No, they're just going, right? Get at it, right? And I'm sorry for the religious people that aren't laughing, but I'm just saying, right? Like, we got these two camps, and I'm like, I'm sitting in the middle going like, yeah, I like that, and I feel that, and I'm reading both, and, and I started asking, I said, God, help me catch this. And I believe God showed me exactly what he's talking about. You want to see this? Is anybody else with me? You're trying to find the line, like... Where is this? Okay, good. It says this, and this is the verse that summed it up for me. 2 Corinthians 2, verse number 14. Now read this with me. One, two, three. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, underline that word triumph. When I was studying, I felt like the Lord showed me this verse, and then I started studying more about it. And remember, Adam lost his authority when he, when he ate of the apple and came out of God's covering. Do you know that authority, being under authority, gives you authority? Yeah. So like the cops outside, if, if Sean Lochi got up and said, I'm going to freaking wrestle a cop. I, don't, I just want to wrestle a cop today, right? And he just, he's like, I am, I'm feeling the guns. I feel like I'm powerful. And he just goes and wrestles a cop out there, right? And just knocks him down. The guy's not very big. But what would happen? He could maybe get one dude down. But what's going to happen? He's going to call for some backup. 
And when he calls for backup, he's going to say, there's a crazy white boy, he's insane, and he's jumping on me. I don't know what to do. Help me out, right? And they're going to send backup and backup and backup. Maybe Sean defeats 10 guys or 20 guys. That would be awesome, right? But there is going to be a point where the SWAT team drops in. Obama is up on the phone saying, take this man out, right? Because the policeman is not just representing himself, he is a man under authority, so he has authority. When you're under authority, you have power. Adam lost his power because he came out from the authority of God because he took on the authority of self. Let me ask you this. Who's, who's the king of God's kingdom? Not a hard question. Who's the king of God's kingdom? God, okay, but who does the Bible say is the king of God's kingdom? Jesus. He's the king of kings. You, you read all that? Now let me ask you a crazier question. Who's the king of Satan's kingdom? Himself? Is he? Or does it say he's the prince of his kingdom? So who is the king of Satan's kingdom? Jesus? Nope. We are. You know the, the Bible, the satanic Bible says, do as thou wilt. Make your own way. We think we know. We think we got it figured out. We think we got it better. I do. You do. You know what that's trying to get me to be? The king of a kingdom. And it's not God's kingdom. When you come give your life to Jesus, it's not about just getting saved. It's about making him Lord of your life. I'm not just here to make decisions, but we're here to make disciples. And Jesus is the king of his kingdom. But Satan is the prince of his kingdom. Now, why is that? He can't be the king. You know why? Because his powers were stripped on the cross. Jesus made a public spectacle and display of Satan, and he ripped him of his gun, his knives, and his blades called fear, depression, anxiety, anger. He ripped them all, and he made a public spectacle, a public display. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he told Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He renamed them, and he said, whatever you loose on heaven, you're going to loose on earth, and whatever you bind in heaven, you're going to bind on earth. He ripped him of his power that he stole from Adam and he gave it to us we're the body so who does Satan use he doesn't have any power he's a caged up lion with no teeth he uses you and I because we have the power that God took from him and gave it to us. We are strangers of this world. We're aliens of this place. But we have power from heaven backing us up. But the devil inside of our ear goes, hey, hey, just kind of come out of that covering. Come out of that. Come out of that authority because that's really where it's at. You're the man, man. You, you need to do your own thing. These people don't really understand you. They don't really get you. That pastor, he's crazy, man. Why? He's asking you to pray more, to, 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 to give up things. To uh, that's, that's not how God is. It kind of sounds like the snake to Eve, huh? 
God's unfair. He's, he's, he, God didn't really say that. You know Satan doesn't use his own language to speak to you. You know what he uses? Contorted, twisted pieces of the word of God. When he fought Jesus, what did he use? The scripture, twisted and contorted. And when Jesus fought back, what did he use? The word. And he opened up a stinking can of Deuteronomy, baby. That is crazy. Half y'all haven't even read Deuteronomy. It's the book everyone skips over, but Jesus is like, I'm so bad, I'll reach up in there, man. I don't need no Hosea or Micah or Malachi. I'll reach up in the book of Deut. Right? So how are you supposed to fight? The same way he fought. With his word and his authority. Every time the devil starts whispering and trying to pull you out of the cave, man, you say, no, baby, I'm a cave dweller. Let me tell you about the rock that I'm hiding in. His name is Jesus. Let me read you a few lines from his book. Maybe you could sniff that, devil. Right? That's what we're called to do. So what is the deal? Jesus won. So he gives us back the authority. The devil doesn't have any. That's why it says he called us to triumph in Whose name? Jesus' name. Now let's talk about this. There are two words I want you to write down. Victory and triumph. He's called you to triumph in his name. He has not called you to victory in his name. It says that he won the victory. Now because of what he won, he's calling you to partner in the second part, which is to triumph, okay? Okay. Is all right? Can we go deeper? So to have victory means that you've defeated the foe that's in front of you. You've stripped them of your, their power. You've conquered their kingdom. Jesus had victory over the devil. To triumph would have stood out to the people of the day that this was being read to. That word triumph was actually something that they would do in their city. It wasn't just a word that had definition. It was actually something they would take a part in. After a king returned from war and defeated his enemy, they would set up a chariot with two, now catch the symbolism, two white horses. You know how Jesus is coming back, right? Two white horses, and they would have the army commander in the chariot, and they would ask his family to be honored, his family, to be honored and sit in the chariot with him. Then they would take the king that he conquered. They would strip him of his crown. Take all of the army he had left. Strip them of their clothes and their, their authority and their weapons. They would beat them. Strip them naked. And they would tie them to the back of the chariot. And the word triumph, this is the picture of it. They would ride the chariot with the two white horses and their family through the city as the enemy that was now defeated and had no power was drugged behind and people in the crowd like a parade would shout and praise when the king rode by and when the enemy rode by defeated. He's called us to triumph, to get in the heart with him, to triumph in his name. He already defeated the devil. You don't have to fight the devil. You have to fight you. Because what the devil's doing. As he's being drugged through this city. Is he's trying to talk to you in the chariot. He's trying to get you to leave your authority. Jesus. 
disconnect from the body, the church, and come all the way down to where he's at in the dirt and just listen to him again. Because he wants to use your power that Jesus gave you to destroy you. Have you ever heard of the power of agreeance? Where two or more are gathered together, I am there with them. There is power in unifying with things. What happens when you and the devil start agreeing together? You are lined up with the Son of God. Your words form things. Your thoughts become things. You are a child of God. Right now, the battle that's going on is not we're going to walk out these doors and there's going to be a Philistine army and Goliaths out there. I mean, that would be kind of fun and awesome, but it's not going to happen. You know what's happening? There is a battle going on right now. You don't even have to leave this room. There's no one climbing over your walls tonight to take you away, but there is a battle right here. I don't know if you've ever experienced the battle that goes on in your mind, and you could be sitting up in church, and you get the craziest pictures. You could be worshiping, and you have flashbacks to things you did 10 years ago, and you're trying to go, what in the world? I could dance in the club all night, and nothing happens. I forget about where I'm at, but I'm here in church worshiping God. You hug someone, you get some kind of flashback that you didn't want to have, right? You meet someone, they remind you of someone that hurts you. What is that? It's the devil trying to give you pictures of your past, trying to pull you out of the chariot that has given you power and authority on this earth. You are a warrior, but the only way you are is if you stay hooked to Jesus and you start getting your helmet and shield and breastplate. We are in a fight right now. The person next to you is a warrior. Please believe me. In a fight right now. Maybe they haven't said it. Maybe they've told you, oh, I'm doing great, brother. So and so. Man, it's so good to be at church today. But in the back of their mind, they're thinking about killing themselves this week. They can't even handle it. The bills have piled up. What if in church we actually start getting real with each other and say, man, I'm battling right now, brother. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm not trying to be emotional or crazy, but I need you to Pray for me, man. I can't wait till pastor's done with the message. Would you just lay hands on me right here? When we start living like that, we start fighting like he fought. He's given you power and authority to triumph in his name. Not in your name, not in my name. So why is fear still destroying you? It's already been won. Why is anger still have us? It's already been won. Why is lust still controlling us, telling us who we are? We have a new identity in Jesus Christ, and I am a son of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't need to be the king of this kingdom because that means I'm in the devil's kingdom. I want to be a part of God's kingdom, his way of doing things. I'm an alien of this place, man. I'm here to take over, not to hang out. I'm here to take over. I'm going to take over starting with me. I'm going to take over my fears. I'm going to take over my doubts. Not in my name, in Jesus' name. And through that name, I have all power and all authority. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror through him who is in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail because he's the beginning and the end. And he loves me right where I'm at. He chose me before I messed up, before I made mistakes. He already picked me out, handpicked me and said, you're worth it. What about all this stuff? Will you live behind enemy lines? Get used to it. Jesus said in this world, you will have many troubles, but take heart for I've overcome the world. Get up in my chariot, baby. Then you won't have to worry about what's going to happen next. You could just look over at me and say, 
this is going to be a fun ride. That's what I do. Whenever things get crazy, I say, I got my seatbelt on. It's called the Word of God. And you driving, so we okay. Right? And I remind him a lot. Hey, I just remind you, you're driving, right? When we didn't have a place to meet, I said, God, just remind you, this is your church. I, I don't know if you forgot that. I forgot it, and somehow I was trying to make it happen. So I'm just done. I went and played video games with my daughter, hung out with Mickey, and God took care of his church. And now we're here, and this is our building. What is it in your life right now that God's asking you to remember that it's already over? What are you fighting about? Fight to get in his presence. That's your fight. Your fight is to get to know him. If you're always fighting demons and not fighting for him, you will be an angry, weird Christian. That's why most people don't love Jesus. Because we don't. We've become the king of our own kingdom. But if we fall so madly in love with Jesus, the Bible says the righteous will shine like the sun. You ever tried to, like, block out the sun? It's not a little light. You know that song is demonic, right? This little light of mine? It's not a little light. Don't let Satan blow it out. Uh-uh. He can't blow this light out. It's not a Christmas tree lights. It's not a flashlight. It's not a candle. This is light like the sun, baby. When it shows up, darkness runs for the other side of the world. Do you understand who you are? You are a warrior sitting in the chariot of God, triumphing. You know what we're doing when we're worshiping? We're triumphing. You know what 4th of July is? It's remembering our independence. We shoot off fireworks. I love 4th of July, man. Look, we celebrate. What is, what is your birthday? It's celebrating the day you were born, right? It's not the day you were born. It's celebrating the day you were born. What is worship? It's celebrating what he's freed you from whenever it was. When you lift up your hands, man, you're not doing it to press me or impress anybody else. When you're triumphing, when you're in this room and we're singing all these songs, you're jumping and you're dancing. Why? You're standing next to Jesus in the chariot and fear is being drugged behind you. Depression is being drugged behind you. Anger is being, cancer is being drugged behind you. Your past is being drugged and you're worshiping not from this place, but from this place. Looking back saying, Jesus, if you love me, wow, you're so awesome. Because I know me and I am messed up and I was bound by all that stuff, but you saved me. And you defeat the enemy in me by putting on the full armor of God. And so we're going to do that in this series. But for tonight, we're going to triumph. Can I get the band up there? There was no keyboards to get you into motion. There was no band to put you into a mode. The Holy Spirit is here, and he did that tonight. But can I tell you this? We're going to triumph right now. There are some people that fear has pulled you down into the back of the chariot, and it's asked you to tie yourself with it. And you've been drugged. I mean, almost thinking God is evil and mean because he's called you to do things that you don't feel like you have the capacity to do or you're still struggling with things and you feel like you're being drugged. Have you ever been feel like you're being drugged behind that chariot? Satan has tweaked that and contorted that and he calls that religion. 
Works great. Drags people in guilt and shame and condemnation behind the chariot you were meant to ride in. But tonight, when they play, here's what's going to happen. We are going to celebrate. And we are going to triumph. And some of you, when you get up and triumph in this, it's going to be like you coming out of the mud. And it may take you a bit. Because you may, if, if you drug behind a chariot for long enough, you, you kind of lose your sense of balance. Fear, man, it messed me up. But today, we call our church fearless. Because I triumphed over what now used to have me. Whatever it is. Today, when we worship, I want you to do that, um, that song where we get really crazy, man. That, it's like kind of slow, kind of fast. You sing it, you know. And we go like this. Your kingdom. Yeah, that one. That was good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to close our eyes. I'm going to pray. And then I really feel like when you start worshiping, because the Bible says be strong in the Lord. Now let me tell you this. Look at me real quick. My wife understands me. And she knows, if she was here, as soon as I get done preaching, you know what she's going to tell me? Honey, that was incredible. You are the man. She said, she said, tell, and I, some of it may not even be true, right? <laughs> but she's going she's gonna to reward me with honor. It's how us men work, right? Wife, just a little secret. If you tell your husband he is awesome, it's you that he really cares about, not people down the road. My wife, she always, she's always encouraging me, right? Sometimes I feel defeated. She goes, honey, you're a champion. And I don't know what it is, but she's like, yes, I am. I will take on hell with a water pistol right now. I got this woman backing me up. That's all I need. Now listen, God, you are made in the likeness of God. Think about God. He has those attributes in him. What happens when you start encouraging who God is? And it's all true about him. God will fight through heaven and earth to get next to you and wrap his arms around you. You don't believe me? Paul and Silas were up in chains and what they start doing you're awesome God they started singing hymns God ripped open a prison baby knocked off all the chains why because he's just like us men in this room he fought through to be next to the one he adored when we worship right now we are we are triumphing in the name of Jesus and I'm telling you what whatever fear whatever depression whatever change He's going to come in and just start ripping it off, man. Just like he ripped that prison out. And he's going to lift you up. He's going to prepare you for this week. You ready? Just bow your heads. Bow your heads. Jesus, we thank you, Father. We ask right now, Holy Spirit, we want to triumph with you, God. We don't want to exist. We don't want to just hang out. We want to ride with you, Jesus. We want to ride with the champion of all champions. Lord, I pray the warriors would arise tonight. Depression, anger, lust, addictions, the past. We don't want to hang out with you anymore. We're not the king of this kingdom, but we know who is. And his name is Jesus. Lord, we lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, King of kings and Lord of lords. Say, Jesus, I'm ready to triumph in your name. Thanks for
for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.